I'm taking it. I'm going to have to do a song for Matt right now. Yeah. So since he's always happy, I'm going to do. <laughs> that way you can be happy. <laughs> be happy now. <laughs> that was Carlito trying his best. <laughs> Uh, we've got another podcast, Carlito. Yes, Manny. We uh, drove quite a distance, man. Uh, yeah. I'd say like 90 minutes. This is probably the furthest that we've driven to do a podcast. It's worth the drive to Acton. Uh, it's to- We're not in Acton. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Niagara Falls. So we are up at uh, Foam Core Moldings yes. up in Niagara Falls. We're with Matt. We're going to talk about... Carlito. We're going to talk about foam. Foam, exterior foam, interior foam, moldings, crowns, sidings, all kinds of stuff. Yep. Before we get into that, so I just want to, okay, so Matt, you're from Foam Core Moldings. Yes. And it's basically www.foamcoremoldings with an S.com. Yes. The Instagram is at Foam Core Moldings. Yep. And then the phone number is 905 358 3626. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Don't be afraid of us. We don't want like this is totally a down to earth show. We, we <laughs> we've never harmed anybody at all, not on the show. He's always <laughs> kicking me out of his office. He's like, "Quick, when he gets in, get him out." <laughs> uh, but before we get right into all this talk about foam moldings, interior and exterior, I want to just talk about a little history. History with Manny. <laughs> Construction history. Construction with history. Yeah, with we keep Manny. on rehearsing that. But apparently, somebody not showing up at the meetings, right? <laughs> Uh, so this is regarding the U.S. So I'm wondering, Matt, this is regarding the U.S. And I want to ask you guys, what is the most popular exterior cladding material? Hmm. This is U.S. based, not Canadian based. I'll give you a hint. Back in the 80s, it was brick. But that's changed. So what is the number one exterior cladding today? I would uh, think it's California knockdown, some kind of scratch coat. Siding? No. <laughs> It's vinyl. Vinyl. Vinyl siding. <laughs> Still. Man. Number one, man. Like, it's all up there. About 80% of it is up there. Uh, brick is almost half of that. Wow. So, I mean, the homes are changing. And then you get into uh, wood is at the bottom, like 10%. And then you get into stucco materials and things like that. They're a little more reasonable. They're at 50. Wow. So, stucco is ahead of brick, but vinyl's ahead of stucco it's probably affordability possibly that's probably it's got to be the primary right so that was a study done by the historical trends of exterior wall materials used in u.s residential construction by james p brad kentucky wow right so i just want to share that we got that out of the way that's for our american listeners (laughs) (laughs) and that was construction history with manny <laughs> we've got a massive budget here man like massive budget for all but, these intro but it shows. is fun it's hilarious man it's wonderful so i mean now, now we're going to move along with the show so matt it is all about you and foam core and uh, i mean how long have you been in this business man uh, it's been about nine years now nine years yeah. that you started foam core yeah wow what were you doing before that i was a machinist at brock university we just did a tour. You gave us a tour of the warehouse here, and it's pretty huge, man. And you were saying it's 100,000 square feet. You're using 50 of it? Yeah, 55. For now, you could easily expand into the other 45. Yeah, if we need to. I mean, you've got a lot of molding back there. Yeah, we stock a lot. We are deliver on sites to all the 
contractors in Toronto bound and all over the place. What is the official name of the product? Is it, what are they called? Stucco moldings, EPS moldings. Okay. Styrofoam moldings. Basically they're made with foam, then they're uh, meshed and coated with a cementitious product. Yeah. So it's an EPS core with fiberglass reinforcing mesh and then a flexible cement coating on top. And you make them in lengths of? They go eight or 10 foot would be standard. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Cardito. I love it. You got a, like a world of questions, right? Oh, totally. Because I've been a fan of this product, the interior and the exterior version of this, right? So we were so used to, actually, funny enough, we were talking recently with Jim Carrick about he was always preferring the plaster moldings, but that's where it got started and then it got switched over. How many different profiles do you have exterior-wise? Oh, lots. Probably a thousand. A wow. thousand? Yeah, there's tons. And you can still do any customizable ones if you if a client comes along. Yeah, we cut our own blades here in, on in-house. So anybody sends a architect or designer or contractor wants to make up their own profile, we can do it right away. I've seen you uh, do logos and like crazy stuff for, I think, did you do a large golf ball or something? What was it a couple months uh, ago? Big wine barrel. That's what it was. Yeah. That was massive. Yeah. How yeah. big of a wine barrel? 35 feet high. <laughs> By uh, filled with booze? foot diameter. No, not filled. No. no. What was it? It wrapped wrapped around an old silo at a winery. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I kind of like that. That's pretty cool. So where do you want to start? So nine years you've been at this and you built this company in nine years on your own? Uh, Me and my dad are 50-50. That's very impressive, man. Honestly. So you're a machinist before then. And then what made you get into this molding business? It was in kind of construction on the... After work and hours on weekends doing kitchen renovations and all that type of stuff. And we seen it online and kind of dove head first. And no way, really, eh? <laughs> but you didn't know anything about it? No, I didn't know anything about stucco when we started. It was quite the. And now you're the curve. master. <laughs> <laughs> now you're one of the industry leaders. Yeah. In a decade. Yeah. As simple as me meeting you and like I met him on the show. We were doing homes on homes. Oh, actually, we were doing make it right. Make it right. Yeah, that's right. We were doing make it right construction. Any more plugs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I hear about this guy coming in with all these foam moldings and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. And then we started talking and then he donated a whole bunch of products to us. I've never stopped talking about it. Like <laughs> now every condo I go to, I, I want to put molding up instead of putting the MDF up or wood because there's nowhere to, you don't want to do tap cons. You don't want to do glue. This is just really straightforward and easy. And like we were saying, there's just so many different styles. It's, it's almost better than going to get trim for trim work in a house. And one of the most exciting things for me, even walking through here, I'm just drawn to it is that new wood siding stucco that you have. You want to talk about a little bit of that? It works really good. So there's a lot more modern houses coming out now with um, little sections that are using wood in different accents and styles looked at it and came up with uh, our own version of an insulated wood look like panel they come an inch and a half or two and a half r12 uh insulation wow r12 well generally it's r6 per inch right r4 per inch so inch and a half um you'll get a six and you can go vertical and horizontal with those or are they only designed for horizontal no they can go either way they have drainage grooves in the back so you get you you put your moisture barrier on your wall there's drainage cavities on the back what uh, substrate can you not put it on? Is there anything that you can't put it on? No, as long as you treat the back properly for the moisture, you're, you can put it on anything. An airspace. 
Yeah, just not a Tyvek. Just not a Tyvek. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I thought you had There's to... There's a roll on uh, moisture yeah, barrier you Exactly, put on. that's what yeah. I thought it was, right? So that's what's key about it, because otherwise you'll get failure. Yes. Because exactly. the product still does get wet, and it has to drain behind it. Exactly. What do you prefer to be on that wall for the application? What is a typical board that you'd rather have? Is like dense gold or... What? Uh, dense glass, aspenite, plywood. If you're going to start from nothing, you can do aspenite for i guess the best value okay and for and for people like homeowners that don't know what that is what is that just like a chipboard that's on pretty much all the houses you're going to see basically osb board osb yeah Yeah. sorry uh exterior great exterior yeah what are the applications because things have changed like me even talking to you and walking through here you're talking about now you're using cans of spray foam for exterior uses how's that working yep they have a system with uh spray foam adhesive and um or you can use it with cement you can use a construction adhesive there's a few different ways you can put it up. What's the warranty? What are you guys offering? Like, uh, huh? So we have color fade warranty, um, seven years. Seven years? You can repaint it again if you want to. And you can to. repaint it after too, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, the darker the tone, the more fade you're going to get over the years. And depending on the actual position of your house, you're going to get more fade, right? Yeah. So yeah. sun exposure, right? Yeah. So we actually hand apply the finish stain on top. So to even just retop the stain up is still going to give you that natural. That's why you get so much variation in the from board to board so it doesn't look just like a normal siding that's what we noticed when we're back there which is great okay so say the kids are playing out front maybe hockey some hockey or (laughs) some i mean this is a a a typical stucco story i always hear i always hear oh the golf ball went into the stucco or uh, a baseball hit it if it dents and say like i'm very excited about your your wood siding stuff can I fix that myself if I wanted? Or do you have a specialist that would come by and fix that? No, you could fix it yourself. So you'd probably, depending on how bad the damage was, you you could probably just cut out a piece and replace it. It's just as easy as that? Yeah. Wow. I guess even more imperfections make it more... Almost like uh, replacing a piece of hardwood in their floor, right? You get a scratch or a dent, you, you cut out the piece. And wow, you guys have already worked that out, eh? It. And how many colors does that come in? Uh, we have standard four colors, and then we can custom match. What are you guys calling that product? Uh, foam tech panels. Foam tech panels. Yeah, what I like about it is uh, thinking about you know trees and like using cedar. Over a long time, it starts to go gray, and it's changing the color. So you buy it, and you love that orangey, yeah. reddish look. And then five years later, <laughs> it's gray, and then you have to go through the whole maintenance of it. This, you know, your product is just flawless, and it just how much how much VOC damage and how light is it that you lose color? It holds up really good. Like we've had it out there for the longest one would be about six and a bit years. And so no fading. It still looks just as good as when we wow. put it up. Okay. Do you have a little test in the back or something like that? Or have you done a test sample? Yeah, so we've done accelerated weather testing on yeah. it. Yeah, because that's generally what I notice is sometimes when I go take a look at exterior cladding products, they have like a little test wall. And they'll just take a look at them and let them go. Let them age naturally and yeah. just see what happens over yep. the years, right? So you get a better idea. Can you walk us through the actual process? So, I mean, this is all foam. Like everyone thinks that this is weird, but I mean, foam is such a, a, an important pr- a material in construction nowadays. Like a lot of foam is being used these days. So you guys are manufacturing thousands of different profiles. Let's just stay on the exterior for now. So you've shaped the foam first. You cut it with a hot wire. Yeah. And then you're, you're applying the, the cementitious material with mesh backing. So the blocks come in big uh, cubes, like four by four by eight or 10 feet. Then they get put on a hot wire cutting machine. 
um, whatever we program in the computer comes out and then they go down to get the fiberglass mesh put on. Um, and then, then after that, it goes through an extrusion machine where the cement's layered on. We put two coats on. Two coats. With so one. one base coat, which is a bit thicker. And then we put the final coat on to give you the nice smooth surface. Nice. I've noticed your skin has changed. Has the exterior one changed also? No, the exterior has been the same. Yeah. Same. And it's the same uh, thin sets or the same concrete on both uh, applications? Yes. Okay, so that's the exterior, right? Which looks great. Same process with the interior. Yeah, just different, different coatings and there's no mesh on it, actually. There's no mesh on the interior one? No. And then uh, I noticed that you had like, what's the biggest crown that you guys are selling for the interior? Interior? Well, we can go up to 36 inches Holy if we need to. Holy cow. On a crown, on an interior? Yeah. Holy crown. Did you say holy the, crown? No, no. <laughs> holy crown. I like that. That's a good one. You should use it. Holy crown. Did Drake use that or what? What's in Champagne Papi? Like what's going on Palestine? Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I see on We've your... done some pretty big stuff in commercial. You get a, like these big hotels and they're using all kinds of crazy stuff to get the designers. Please tell me a couple stories because I've been watching on Instagram and I love seeing a lot like like we were talking about that wine barrel and so on. So what other projects have you done like that? So like just ones that are out of the ordinary kind yeah. of? Yeah. Uh, we're doing a lot of uh, heritage restoration stuff, um, like big old uh, buildings where they want to replace that old dental and stuff where they're copying. The heritage society is starting to. They're, they're letting you do it that way, or they're. Not? Um, the, we've been doing quite a bit of buildings with them. I guess some of them, depending on if they're all stone and they need to be matched exactly, maybe it might not be allowed. But that's been one of the the bigger things we've been doing. And now with the polyurethane that we've gotten into, we can do a lot more too to maximize pretty much anything anyone could ever dream of so you can duplicate anything that's existing on any building and make it look like you can remove replace if there was a fire or part of the building was knocked down you could match it completely perfect exactly yeah wow and that's kind of impressive actually for the heritage to even accept this like this is a whole different level yeah even for the cost of what it costs for us to to make something like with egg and dart and dental brackets and flowery things like it's it's almost next impossible to copy if if you can't do it with styrofoam yeah that's that's really oh, that's cool impressive. what's the most interesting thing that someone's done on their home like repair wise we don't do too much with like repair on that per se it would be more um we do a lot of new construction a lot of the new homes you're getting uh, a lot of mixed match of cladding Gone are the days of the whole house being siding, the whole house being brick. Everything's all mixed, and the, they'll either have wood siding or composite siding or stucco, and they'll design things and spec them out to you guys and get you guys come in and take care of those treatments. Yeah, exactly. So you guys are doing, I guess, to have circles and any kind of dental or anything like that, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the window treatments as well, too. You don't get into the actual flat surface of stucco. You don't. That's not part of your business. We don't manufacture it, but we're a distributor for... Duroc for the product itself, the products, yeah. yeah. So okay. all the flat walls are. So what kind of a guy gets into this business is install kind of. I'm assuming there's more and more guys. I've met a couple of good guys in Toronto that do really impressive work with the trowel. Like I, they can make that trowel dance and make everything perfectly smooth, which I'm re- very respectful of. But what I mean, what kind of trades are you, are you seeing? A lot of masons get into this business. Or are you seeing a lot of like who it's is kind it? of a mix? It's like stucco applicators are the main, like probably the main customer, and then there'd be. Um, you get some masons doing, um, instead of like a precast, they'll do moldings to re- replace 
other than that, for the interior stuff, you got the drywall applicators are usually installing the interior stuff or the finished carpenter. I've seen the drywall, well, the inside guys that do the crown, I've seen them do it all with mud. They adhere it with mud, they squeeze it right in, then they tool it, get the miters all perfect, and, and, and that's how it just, and it looks like plaster moldings. Yeah. Totally looks like plaster moldings. easier to put up. Yeah, lighter. it's a lot easier to do it, a lot lighter, and then it dries sooner as well, too. Yeah. What's the uh, application, how do you install it to ICF? Is that an easy fit? Like, is that an easy match, I guess? So ICF is going to depend what your finished clad is. If you're going to put stuck over top of it, it's going to be the same as if you're putting stuck over top of the plywood. You're still doing your skim. You're still, you still your base. Normally they'll still put styrofoam over top of the ICF again. Really? Yeah. Or they'll sand. There's kind of a few ways of doing it. They'll sand it down and then skim and base coat it. Okay, and so they're the doing a scratch coat across, scratch yeah. Coat, yeah, yeah, because they can't, you can't work stucco right over the ICF itself. It's not designed for that, yeah. right? There's too many joints, yeah. And so you still have to put your sheets of foam over that, correct? And then start doing those joints, and then start doing your skim, your base, Again, and your yeah. finish, and then you start putting all the moldings on top of that. Yep, got it. So what I remember when I took a course, every area has a different zoning for moisture level, heat, cold. When you're applying stucco, you have to kind of find out which zone you're in to use what products, because sometimes it could be like a three-step, sometimes it could be a seven-step, right? So like that first coat we were talking about, that would be like a polar shield, which would be like a waterproof thin set that goes on, and then you would start getting into scratch coats. It's yeah, so there's a, a roller applied, roller bear, and then there's a polar bear, which is trowel applied which can also you be used to stick the styrofoam to the wall after. Wait, was that three different kinds of bears? <laughs> what was that? Was that a roller bear, roller bear a polar bear. bear? What was the first bear? <laughs> so, the, so the first bear, let's go over the first bear. The first bear would be a primer sand. The start would be the roller bear. Okay. The polar bear is the and moisture the, barrier. That's the, that's the moisture barrier. That's where it doesn't allow the water to go through. Yeah. And that is that changed? Is that breathable or is that yep. not? It is breathable now. So it's a latex product now. Yes. And then it goes into the second bear, which is the roller bear. Polar. No, bear. the polar bear. And that does what? You'll do the joints of the plywood or whatever your substrate is behind. So you'll treat that with the. It's got like a fiber in it to seal the joints. Got for it. expansion and. Exactly, and then the. You can also use the polar bear as an adhesive for the styrofoam. Have I heard it right that some people, when they do stucco, they usually leave about 10 or 12 inches from the ground so that the frost doesn't get to it. And guys will use that polar bear treatment onto the parging so that it's waterproof, but it still looks like a nice, beautiful parge. So it's kind of protects it. Is that, is that right? Uh, not the polar bear. They'd use um, like a, a one step. Okay. These are all, these bears are all Duroc products? Yeah. See, I'm not a stucco guy, but I still am fascinated by it, but I just don't know the products that they're using. So Jurox has got a whole line of products that have that these guys use to actually adhere your products. Exactly. You don't do any installs. You don't have guys that do installs. You just supply the material and then guys come and install it. That's Correct. Yeah. yeah, when we started, we, we did do installs with the interior. Never really got into the exterior too much unless it was something going on to brick or stone. We kind of stayed away from the installation. I don't want to culturally upset anybody here, but I mm. will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it fair to say that the majority of stucco guys out there are 
Eastern European. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, I think you could say that. I, I, I'm, it's fair to say that? Yeah. Oh, it's the same way that if you're going to say uh, the majority of bricklayers out there are Italian or Portuguese. <laughs> so or what are leading to? Russian, Polish? I'm just saying Croatian, Croatian Ukrainian, <laughs> Russian, Polish, Eastern European. Honestly, I don't know what it is about stucco and foam i can sit in my car at out of all the trades i could sit there and i'm mesmerized like i can just watch <laughs> guys doing stucco it's because you're creation and the, man. and the polish guys are always like hey you want to come and help <laughs> <laughs> no i i just love when they're they're filing and leveling the the boards together you mean creating snow yeah and and it's so interesting because there's not every house looks the same like when you said you had a thousand different samples, there's a reason for that. Not everyone, like I don't see the same styles on every house. There's so like every house is different. Yeah. They vary quite a bit. Like it could be really clean, just standard block. It could be, uh, you know, classic. I guess my, like my biggest gripe I've ever had, and I'm sure that stucco products have gotten better over the years is if you were to take a golf ball, will it make a dent? Like if it hits your product, if it makes it and is it still repairable like you said earlier where it's actually easily repairable because all the exterior molding products are all designed to be installed and and then contoured on all the joints and then look seamless and then it's painted so i'm assuming that if a kid does i don't know why kids would have golf balls hey i <laughs> i used to steal golf balls all the time from the range there you go that's why kids <laughs> would have golf no, balls. no but this is really important this is kind of like a, a myth when you talk to people about brick and siding and like wood siding or vinyl you siding, you can throw a golf ball to that. You can't. It, it won't do anything. Well, I brick. mean, in the cold, vinyl will crack and break. Vinyl will. I mean, you could chip a brick, and then what are you going to do? Call With a mason a golf in? ball. Hey, man, you're you're shooting a, a golf ball three hundred yards. I'm guaranteeing if someone bounces it off a building, it's gonna. It's going to hit it Hang hard. on a second. I'm just, I'm just painting a picture here. You're in a neighborhood. You're 300 yards away from the house, and you're getting ready to <laughs> Kids line will up do crazy with, things. with what your driver. <laughs> are you taking your driver? Is that what it is, or are you putting it into you a You know gun? what? We had a golf course behind us. We had a range <laughs> just around the corner. We used to blast them everywhere, and Somehow, we did not care about where they landed <laughs> or who they hit. So getting back to that, though, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I always get into this fight, because I love stucco. I'm like a huge supporter of stucco. I don't like a whole stucco house. I like a mixture. I know, but if you look at the stuff he has, it, it can look like stone. It can look like wood. True. I mean, True. we looked at that one sample in True. the office, and honestly, I know it's foam, but it, it looked like wood. I'm a brick guy, but I don't want to see a whole house in brick. I just like a mixed match of the right cladding materials. That's yeah, I how think I it looks good. Both. I think it looks good yeah. that way. I think you just have to find that balance. Just before we get too far, I want to talk about this myth. It's probably easier to repair stucco than it would be vinyl or anything else, right? Yeah, it can be for sure. Um, like, should people be worried about it? Like, when I talk to somebody, I say, hey, you should do stucco on your house. One of the stupidest, th the two th stupid things I always hear is, uh, someone's going to put a dent in it, then I'm stuck with a dent. So, and then the second other thing is people always complain that it's too low to the ground. What are the two fixes for that and how easy are they? They do have high impact systems too. So it's a heavier gauge mesh, which allows for a lot more abuse for things hitting it or damaging it. So um, that's an option as well. If you're doing it on lower areas, it's really like anything. If you're going to smash something into it, it's, it's going to get damaged. It can be fixed and patched. They put a lot of, uh, they'll put grooves now in the walls where 
can kind of divide up the section. So if you do smash the lower section, you can refinish up to that line where you're not going to notice that it was repaired. So you don't have to do a whole wall exactly. or so on. Yeah. And what is that mesh that uh, if, say, I had kids and I wanted to do stucco and I wanted to ask for my installer to put that in, what would I be asking for? It's a high impact mesh, it's called. And they only do it like for the first top yeah, four these feet? Are like, yeah, first three, four feet. Around a garage. On what it is, yeah. Wow, interesting. So that's something new. I guess fairly new. It's been around for a little bit. I've never even heard of it before. That's no. fantastic. Usually people don't want to pay the extra for it. That's the problem. Yeah, until they have to do the repair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is it much more? It's an extra step. And could we enter that area of costs? Can we talk a little bit about pricing and the average pricing for stucco and trim and install? What is yeah. What does that usually go? It's all linear footage, right? Yeah, it's by the linear foot. So it can go really. So if you go up to like a, say a six inch or maybe three, four dollars a linear foot for six inch trim for around your windows or... Um, is that a basic? Is that what typically people want is a six inch? Yeah, six inch is pretty standard for a window trim. Six, five, six, eight inch. Depends on how big your window is, how big your wall is. Kind of really depends what you're doing. You still have to pay for the stucco guy to do that. And Yeah, what? so stucco per square foot is all over the place depending on who's doing it. Yeah, I usually, being I usually hear between like seven and $13. That's kind of... A square? Uh, a square. You're going to want to be really cautious at seven. So I'd yeah. say the average guy that's going to do a good job is somewhere 10, 11, $12. Yeah. What are the guys doing bad? The bad stucco guys out there? Because I have yet to meet a stucco girl. I'd like to meet <laughs> an Eastern, so Europe, true. An Eastern yeah. European stucco girl. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Wow. She'd probably be about six foot six. I would not <laughs> want her to throw a trowel at me. Uh, so what are the bad stucco guys doing? Uh, just skipping steps is the... The main problem they're doing the moisture barrier per poorly and what is not, doing it poorly like not putting it on not putting it on <laughs> at all. so when you're putting it on you can't short that out at all no are they putting it really too the, thin yeah they'll put it on thin they'll water it down they'll water it down because i'm assuming with jurox there's actually a proportion that you're supposed to be using this product at yeah, exactly. Out of the pail, that's that's the what you have to use it at. Oh, really? So you can't even water it down. No, it's no. just what it is. Yeah. That's uh, good wow. to know. And huh? these guys figure out a way to do it, eh? So if you see a suckle guy that's got two buckets, one's empty with water and the other one's got a full bucket. <laughs> no, but this is good. This is good things for yeah. homeowners to know, right? Yeah, for sure. That's the main thing. That's the most important is the moisture barrier. So if you don't do that, your your substrate's going to rot out. It doesn't... You need to seal your your envelope to be able to put the styrofoam because you're going to get condensation from the styrofoam. And I agree with you because the thing is that you got to understand that every trade has got to be conscious of that building envelope. It doesn't matter that you're just a bricklayer, stone, exterior siding, stucco guy. You still have to be conscious of how this material is supposed to go on. So you should be able to read drawings because exactly. there, there is a, you have to have that wicking, you have to have that airspace, you have to have the way it's done. If you don't do it properly, like you said, that substrate is going to fail. And well, it won't fail on your clock, and then you'll be disappearing, but then you, you actually built a home for somebody that's failing now. And then that's going to be an issue for them later on. Yeah, especially around your uh, your window openings and door openings. They need to be properly sealed too. With like that's a, the most critical area because exactly. those are all the the openings of the of the actual and building. Flashings, envelope. flashings is a major. It's thing key. Too. Yeah. So guys just imagine. get a little lazy. That's all it is. They don't want to take yeah, the time. Yeah, try to save a buck. I guess they went in too low with the price, and then they're trying to save it to make up for it. It's hard to tell because once the job's done, it looks like stucco, right? So most it looks most people don't know the whole in behinds of of the system right so at the end of the day oh it's a nice nice color gray it's great i like it. it looks good 
just like the other guy would have done, but it's not done properly. And then in the next four to five years, you're going to have everything failing. What's some of the evidence that you would be seeing if they didn't actually do the substrate properly? What would start, like, what would you start noticing? Um, you'll notice the finish start uh, bubbling, bubbling off. Because that means moisture is getting behind it. You'll get water inside. Like if your flashings aren't done properly, the water is going to be pushing inside and then you're going to get drywall damage. And then it takes a while really to make itself visible because it, the water gets in behind there and it just sits there, right? And then the, the wood starts rotting. And then before you know it, your wall's full of mold, your insulation's moldy, your structure's damaged now. Stucco is basically started from the whole caribbean culture because the way they used to build and also europe where it's it mostly hang on go with me with this follow me I'm, follow me I'm on a, this. my eyes are speaking hang on a yeah. sec building <laughs> full cast concrete structures but you're now doing the look of it with stucco but not the cost of it do you know what i'm saying yeah so is that where stucco came from i didn't come up with i, I actually tried to do a google search and try to find out when did stucco start and i i know that it was well before the 80s because i remember scarface and there was lots of stucco in miami there <laughs> so i'm trying to think you're never wasn't... gonna see a bugger like me again <laughs> make room for the bad guy <laughs> no no say sorry. take a look at my little friend <laughs> say good night to the bad guy but so i don't know when stucco started but i can only assume that they didn't want to build eight inch ten inch concrete block walls and then parge them to give you that stucco look and then it started going. Someone you know what? That's a great point because like with chicken wire, chicken lath, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys used to ca scratch cabinets. It was awkward to carry in your, in your little Chevette or whatever <laughs> you were a contractor with. <laughs> and then they came out with a Schluter product and it's plastic, it's light. And just like Manny's leading to this, instead of dealing with big cast and lots of heavy concrete, you got a, a product that looks exactly the same or better. And you can put it on your shoulder like 10 of these things at one time yeah. or even more. You can even impress people by putting two bundles up. <laughs> that was great. So it brings us to our next segment, which is building code talk with Manny. <laughs> I still don't understand. And I brought this up at our last meeting. We never had a meeting. Why do I have to get to do two back to back? I do the historical and then I do the building talk. Because Manny, I just love hearing it from you. <laughs> so speaking of what you just brought up, Matt, this is really interesting. Based on the National Building Code of Canada, what is the total thickness of stucco supposed to be? That's a good question. Can I? Do, do, One inch. Do. No. What do you mean? The finish? Or the, the finish the thickness cement? of the cement. Oh, the cement. Sorry. Misunderstood. I thought we were talking about foam. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, Three sixteenths? No, not that much. I don't think. I'd say around... Uh, well, they, I've got millimeters. i got metric here, guys. Three mil? 21. What? Mil? It, that's the, Dude, so, 21 mil is like... So I mean, basically, it re requires that stucco cladding be installed in three coats with a total thickness of 21 mil. No, that can't be that, right. This is what I got this from that the national. That could be on um, wire lath. I just this. Yeah, is, that's not right at all. Because stucco cladding and building codes are generally prescriptive in nature. The National Building Code of Canada (NBC), not the broadcaster, which is a model of building code, requires that stucco cladding be installed in three coats with a total thickness of twenty-one no, millimeter. But Matt's right, and that was what I was talking about earlier when you when your first historical question came up, and you said, "What do they use most often?" 
I call it a California knockdown, but it's actually stucco. And what you do is you put really thick lath wire up and you're parging it and you're building it up. And then you're doing a, a plaster coat on top, which is another. I'm wondering you know, if this is including the foam, like the bare minimum foam thickness and then your bare minimum, your thickness for your actual cementaceous material. And that's what this is. Because 21 it, mil is, is well, an ten, inch. Well, 10 mil is half an inch. an inch. That's right. So 21 mil is an inch. So, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Because I know that when the guys have put the sheets of foam on, they have to sand it to get everything smooth. You can't sand it to a certain point because there's markers are on that, right? Where Yeah, the it, drainage grooves. The drainage the grooves, right? So if you've gone too far, then you've sanded down too much. So they've actually changed it, I believe, to two inch now styrofoam. Which they should, which is great. So what do you... Hang on a sec. What's wrong with you? There's a whole thing about OBC and building code and talking shit like that. I was at the meeting, okay? I got excited. So we're talking with Matt from Foam Core Moldings, and it's www.foamcoremoldings with an S.com. And the hashtag is at Foam Core Moldings, and the phone number is 905-358-3626. And I also forgot that you also deal with chemcrest.com. Correct. So triple W Chemcrest, and that's a series of moldings, exterior, interior, both? That's both in polyurethane. In polyurethane. So that's chemcrest.com. Okay, now you can go. Hi. What is the thickness of now? Am I using the terminology right? Is it thin set? Is it mortar? Is it concrete? The skinning of your exterior products. On our moldings? Yes. Yeah, it's about an eighth, three sixteenths. Depends. If we um, want more of a high impact, we can build it up thicker. And that would change the mesh also, so you'd have to put more on, right? Because the mesh would be on. On the moldings, it would be the same mesh because it's got a flex to be able to go around the different profiles. Yeah. Does it hurt by making it thicker? Is it worse or better? It doesn't make it worse or better. It won't flex quite as much if it's too thick. It could, if you get it too, too thick, it can become brittle. There's a good, like about an eighth thickness is really the right thickness. There's a balance, right? Yeah, so, exactly. and guys, And then how do you, I guess that's just from experience exactly now guys will never actually put another coat of anything over top of yours they just be paint yeah, no paint, stucco just paint or stucco like yeah. a, a lot of the times it'll be like a sand paint with a sand in it right so kind of like gives a limestone look after nice why is it that sometimes when you drive around certain neighborhoods you'll see some stucco jobs and you'll get a lot of those drip water lines is that just because of the design of all the moldings or is that just proper improper drainage or it can happen over time depends on like where they are if it's right in the middle of a wall you, you don't really want to go with a huge molding in the middle of a, a wall because the water or snow is going to sit on it and eventually it's going to kind of get damaged and for the contractors listening you can create any style any any shape any form of a styrofoam like even in the molding you could do arches in like a week or two, like, or even faster because you have your own CNC machines, right? Yeah. Our arch turnaround is about three days. And is there a minimum order or is there a maximum? Like, like obviously maximum would be anything you want, but <laughs> what's the minimum typically to have a contractor come in? To, uh, there's not really a, a, a minimum. Depends on what your, what your job is. Okay. So like I got a, a house I'm renovating and we're putting a new window in and I just want to do the arch. I can come in. No problem. That way the contractors can hear that they can contact you and they can get that one piece instead of having to worry about, you know, buying 10 pieces. Or... Yeah, no, one piece. If you need one piece, we sell you one piece. Is there any weather conditions that stucco can't be in? No, just when they're applied, there's certain conditions. Can you go through that process? A lot of people don't realize that you have to have heaters on there. It has to be a certain temperature. Sometimes you have to put hoarding on. Um, yeah, you want to be tent. a tent. Get a tent. tent. Yeah. If it's winter, right? Yeah. 
you definitely need a, a minimum of 10 degrees. Is that the idea? We're talking Celsius to our Americans, friends. There's <laughs> 10 degrees. Uh, yeah, you want to be five, I would say five degrees minimum. Minimum. Which months, if you're not planning to spend the money, like if, if I'm a customer and I don't want to spend the extra 5,000 or more to wrap my whole house and keep it warm while the stucco guys are working, what are the months that you should not plan to have stucco done in oh really just through the winter is the main really depends when spring breaks that's um march usually march we can start getting out there and doing it without the tarps but you got to be careful because at nighttime it still gets to you the gotta minus. still let it cure right exactly so yeah, you need 24 hours of that temperature yeah, yeah you need those 100 pound propane be, tanks going yeah, right it can't be five degrees during the day and then minus three at night because then you're gonna have problems is it a big charge to do it during the winter there's definitely an upcharge. It's, but it's not it's much, a lot I guess, more, eh? It's a lot more time and uh, It depends and on gas, the scope the size, of work, but it yeah. could be thousands of dollars. It's thousands, yeah. But we're talking, like you're saying, we need 48 hours. So like if I'm doing stucco and uh, I've done stucco, it only really needs 48 hours of that kind of weather condition or that temperature, right? Yeah. Like we don't need to leave it for a week or a month. Well, they will have to because they, they can't put everything up in 48 yeah. hours. They have to do okay. the, the first coat, the second coat, the, the foam, the finish coat. You're primer, building a you know tent. I, mean? I think, first of all, any stucco, good stucco guy, treat this as if you're doing masonry. Yeah. And there's no way that you're going to start installing brick and stone. I just saw a stucco job. Gorgeous Polish guys, by the way. Surprise, I, I stopped surprise, to talk. Surprise. I actually stopped to talk to them because I was... <laughs> Like I've seen a lot of stucco work, dobrze, but dobrze. I, but I, dobrze. um, but I, I always see imperfections in a lot of guys work. They're, they're flying through work too fast and they're, and they're giving the industry a bad name when they're just not, I was actually looking at these guys work and I was like, I literally had to walk over and say, guys, you guys are doing an amazing job. And they, it's, it's winter and they don't have the house wrapped. And I haven't seen like when they weren't there. I went over and examined if there was any cracks anywhere, if there was like, you know, too much more. But that's not too... good. If it's winter, it's cold. No, but what I'm saying is like, I was really impressed that there was no imperfections, no color variances, like everything was perfect on that stucco house. That's the problem though. It, it can look good now, but if it froze, it's hard to tell right away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we can have the same problem with brick and, and block, too. Like you still I would need be nervous to... if I see masons in winter with no tent. I'd be nervous. I see a lot of them. I know, but I'd be nervous. I see it. guys doing chimneys in the middle I, of winter. I'd be, I'd be like, I'm glad that's not my house. And, okay. and, and this is a great thing. Like, I want people to understand that it's not just about stucco you have to worry about. You have to worry about block and brick and concrete. It's treated the same way. So when you exterior start cladding, hitting, you yeah. have to understand exterior. So cladding. don't let it discourage you. when we, when you hear all, you know, you can't get done work done in the winter, people are doing it. I guess the only thing that you can really get done in the winter without a tent is vinyl siding or wood siding and because those are nails right another big thing for me is with contractors what are you looking for contractors you don't really care about getting contractors on you're just moving product do you have contractors you refer if someone were to call we give out different contact contacts to anyone that maybe call a homeowner looking for someone to do a project or a designer or somebody or a designer yep. yeah so you have a team already to do that yeah, like the contractors that are currently purchasing from us or that we know that do a good job. Do you ever go out and take a look at their work? Yeah, or? yeah. Really? Quite often. What do you do when you see faults? Do you talk to them about it or do you just stop using those kind of guys? 
fine line, right? You got to be careful. You don't want to lose you, business. Th- not so much that. You got to make sure that it's hard to recommend people if you know they're not going to do 100%. So the guys that Because then it's are, coming back to yeah, us. Yeah, so because that's why we their always workmanship is a reflection of, of you guys. So when you refer, it's so a we guarantee. Tell, no, we don't guarantee. We give probably usually three names and we tell them to do their homework that these guys are reputable. How far have you guys sold your product? I mean, right now we're in Niagara Falls, right? So we're close to the border to the U.S. there. But how far have you guys taken your product? We're all over in the U.S. Uh, we have a distributor in the Caribbean, St. Lucia. No, so really? Hey. Yeah. Told you. See, you were. I thought you were making some kind of. <laughs> no, not making up shit. I can't man. believe that. Manny does you. his homework. Okay. <laughs> so, have you been flying out to St. Lucia? No, actually, I was supposed to go. Oh, you don't go to those this, jobs, uh, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so Dad, Dad, I'll be in St. Lucia. Yeah. You go take care of Woodbridge. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the island isn't very big. So it'd be hotels and really high-end. Like, I, I do know, I've, I've been to St. Lucia, and I've seen some really cool cliff homes. I guess those are the kind of the only homes that they would be doing. Servicing about three islands, three, four islands in the area down there. So we'll ship a container out there, and then they'll um, distribute it. Wow. Where else? All through the U.S. I guess California, the West uses it a lot. Yeah, California. Poland? Florida. um, No, you're not going to I was making a Polish joke. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 we're over there yet. No. (laughs) What's the whole myth about painting stucco? There's a myth? Yeah, there is. A lot of of guys say that you can't paint stucco after uh, a few years. You actually have to apply a scratch coat again. Is that just a myth? Yeah. So yeah, you, you can, can paint over stucco. Paint if you want to change the I've color. I've never heard of that. I've heard yeah, you no, I, I was talking to a couple of stucco guys and they're, they're probably just looking for more work. They were saying to me, hey, listen, don't paint it. You know, unless you use that sanded primer first, you have to put that sanded primer on. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if you have to clean it first. Yeah, definitely need to clean it, get all the dust and dirt off of it. Yeah, and then, and then the sanded primer, which is called? Sand primer. That could be tinted to any color. Yep. That's and, a Rock product? Yes. Man, they just got everything covered, huh? <laughs> and then you can just paint over it so you don't have to do stucco again. No. That's wicked. And is there a, a special... You guys can use like Sherwin-Williams or you can use any paint in your in the stucco mix. After no. the sanded, sanded primer. No, so Duroc makes the paint to go back over top of it. Okay, oh. so it's their product. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So that's good to know. For the listeners that are you know thinking about doing stucco or doing a repair on their home... It's important to know those two things then. I was always told you had to re-scratch coat the whole area and then put the stucco scratch on it again with the coloring. So they'll normally do that if there was um, like damage to the stucco. So if they had to repair a big section or they took out a window and they added or wanted to add some windows or fill in windows, then to normally re-skim the whole wall and do and start over again because you can't blend it in. Well, I, I know that you're more of a, a, a detailed decorative kind. Of, your your business is more in that end. Yeah. Like the trim, the crowns, the coffers, the the window sills, the ledger, like the headers. What is the maximum? I'm not holding you on it just because you, but you probably do know. What's the maximum you can do a wall without putting a seam or a break in it? Because a lot of people always tell me like 16 feet or 12 feet, you should have a separation expansion joint. And then I see houses that like 80 feet of a house wall is perfect stucco, no seams. That would make you nervous. Yeah, it's tough because they need a place to start and stop, right? The wall. So especially when the sun's out and it's hot, the stuff dries too quick and you'll get dry marks and it's going to look not too good. So 
most of the time they'll put lines regardless if it's expansion or not usually depends on architect or the whoever designs the building where there's joints required and now those won't go directly through the styrofoam that's just like a surface v notch or so that's for the decorative but there is also they'll go right through and there's a system for doing an expansion for it and then it's just a caulking joint i guess Yeah, exactly nice let's get inside I want to talk about all the moldings on the inside. Oh, my favorite. So I, I noticed that you had coffers up there as well, too. Yeah. So you're offering the whole, and then the guys would just miter them and then put them all together, or they're, they're the actual, the whole guts, right? The whole beam and everything, molding and everything. Yeah, so you can do it. It comes a couple different ways. You can get like just a square, say, six by eight uh, beam block, put that up, and then you can add your whichever profile you want to it. Or also there's beam and molding kind of joined together where it's a more of a one-step you can't go as big with the uh, uh, one-piece ones just because it's, it's harder to miter and fool around with. Um, you have more options when you do the beam and then add whichever profile you want to it. Cost-wise, I'm assuming that it's cheaper to go the foam route instead of actually having to build the structure, skin it with ply, put crown, miter, do all that stuff, finish paint, I'm assuming. It has to be way cheaper. There's you yeah. know, no steel framing, no drywall, no corner beads. You're just... One step, glue it up, and you're putting your moldings up. Well, mud it up. Mud it up. This is where your product should get, like, major reviews. I have never yet seen inside a styrofoam crown molding or coffer crack. Like, yeah, no, no expansion, never, zero, no cracks. That's the most impressive part. But I'm a condo guy. Uh, Manny hates condos. Um, I like... I love the commercial and, and the condo. I like working in condos. And one of the things is a condo always just feels like a condo or a loft. And your products can bring that warmth back into a home and like make it feel condo, but really now a classic home or a modern home. Like crown moldings that are, you know, spray foam just look gorgeous in condos. It's great because there's no expansion contraction. So once it goes up there, everything's done and it still looks like that after get the caulking cracking the joints pulling apart and so you eliminate all that in one step yeah i remember when we uh when we did that house you were showing me how to put the screws in the walls tuck it in nice so what is a for a homeowner that wants to take this on and come and buy some product from you what and, do you mean as a diy yeah there's a lot of people that want to do that i'm one of those kind of guys that's how i got into this industry by trying to oh, save money I and would, doing it myself I'd, right I, I would my opinion is if you're a homeowner i don't want you doing this crown what's wrong with you people? well we were all homeowners hire at somebody some hire somebody <laughs> to do this no but what what's the process of going onto drywall or concrete ceilings like trowel size what kind of mortar you should be using a drywall adhesive compound like a so medium. red cgc red is what CGC i use is perfect yeah. yeah that one works the best it's easier to sand and the glue has got good glue in it to hold it up yeah, um, I usually use, use a quarter a, inch trowel. Yeah, a quarter notch trowel, like for tile, works good. Yeah. Gets it on nice and even so it uh, stays straight and doesn't get any waves. Push it up and just basically wipe it off with a putty knife and that's it. And then you're ready for spraying. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. You got to let it dry. You can roll and paint the brush. Yeah. And you're that's still how... going to want to put uh, like a painter's caulking on the edges to the wall and ceiling. I've seen lots of great work done without the caulking and I've never seen a crack. So yeah, it I'm, still shouldn't move, but it usually finishes it off that last little bit. Yeah. I guess on the wall was most important because it still yeah. studs if it's condo, right? Getting into the older homes, I guess, do you, I, I saw a bunch of medallions up there that you guys are doing as well. Are you able to reproduce? Because I know the old school way of doing it is you got to 
cast it, take it down and try to cast it and then recreate it in horsehair and all this other shit and put that together. I mean, but you, you guys don't get into that world. Yeah, so we could make it, we just have to bring it here. We don't really go out on site and make So if I were to bring things. you a, almost a beaten up, broken piece of medallion that I want to bring back to life, you guys could reproduce it. Yeah, so we would need like, we make the molds all in the house here for the polyurethane. So that'd be a polyurethane product. Yeah, we can basically copy model over anything. And and for the people that are listening, if, if they don't know what that is, it's basically making a, a mold, a rubber mold. A rubber mold, yeah. yeah. And how are you doing that? You're doing that with a scan or are you doing that with an actual uh, liquid? The rubber? Yeah. It's pumped through a machine that mixes the two parts and pumps out into the mold. Oh, wow. And then you have that mold for life. Yeah. Well, it makes about, uh, each mold makes a roughly... About a hundred pieces before it it burns out the rubber. Wow! Again, I I know you probably don't like talking about the numbers because it's different for every contractor, different every for every designer or homeowner. If I was coming in to do something like say a ten by ten room and I just wanted to replace the plaster and a chrome molding, what would it cost for that mold to be made for me? We have tons of, like to match an old uh, like a dental molding or something like yeah. that. The molds can add up fairly quick we have a catalog of tons of different profiles that we can probably find something that's pretty close if it doesn't need to continue into another room from an existing but if we do need to make an actual mold the molds can get a little expensive you're somewhere in around a thousand dollars okay so if you have a high-end customer that wants that you make a mistake in someone's house and you have to fix it there's a fix there's ways yeah yeah great what are the new things coming out that you got going on We've been wandering a lot into the polyurethane stuff with all the different possibilities with that. So we got a few new things on the go. Just gotta check us out on Instagram and you can see some of the new things coming. Like the barn board. Yeah, we got the new uh, barn board. So that's a four piece set with, it was modeled off of a hundred year old local barn here. Was People that the piece using, I was handling? That was the other one. There's okay. another piece. People using it interior and exterior? Yeah, so they've been using it both. You're gonna wanna watch outside. So the polyurethane's great, it's a lot harder, um, but it, you get a little bit of expansion contraction with it. So as long as it's installed properly where you allow for those movements, then it works well. So that would be good for those DIYers of yours that you were talking about earlier because them morons don't realize you can't put real <laughs> barn board outside on your house. And why is that, Manny? Because it's going to deteriorate, man. And crack, split open, <laughs> yes. let the water in? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I bought a house that's just like that. <laughs> is it leaking? It doesn't matter. I'm tearing it down anyways. Uh, <laughs> so my point is, use these new barn boards that will protect your house, right? What's really exciting is I overheard you saying to both of us earlier on, and we just kind of heard it, you're building a new house, and you decided to do stucco. Yeah. So, so what are you using? Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you obviously. Use, yeah, I use stone. I use stone stucco, and then uh, that wood uh, foam tech panels on the soffits. They got like a wood under. Oh, on uh, the soffits. That's yeah. interesting. I saw that in one of your Instagrams. It looked amazing. Yeah. How are you installing that as a soffit? So dense glass the soffit, uh, moisture barrier it, and then uh, glue it up. We have a. Um, Sell an instant grab adhesive, which a caulking gun on the back and stick it up. And then your, your fascia, you're just making it go right in front of it. The fascia it. we did in a stucco panel with like a, a granite finish from Duroc. Uh, what right. are you doing for the vent venting of the cold zone? Um, so you can use a continuous vent. In this case, I don't have my uh, deck is conditioned space so that it's spray foamed. Oh, so all the way to the it. ridge beam. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which, which I personally think most structures should be built. And I think attic circulation is, it's the phone booth of tomorrow. 
It just doesn't make any sense anymore, man. But I'm um, interesting that you did that. What made you do that? Are you using it for storage up there? Flat roof, so it's a real oh, shallow. Oh, it's a flat roof. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So just insulate the hell out of it. Yeah. So you're going modern. Yeah. What are you using? What kind of decorative pieces are you using for the outside? We went pretty flat and simple, so we just used some different textures to give it a different look. Wow, a guy that has a choice of anything <laughs> went basic. I love it. That's what I was saying. The homes look a little better when you have a nice balanced mix and match of different kinds of cladding and materials yeah. to use. As long as you don't go overboard and you, you balance it nicely, it'll look really nice. Now, did you use real stone or is that something that you're planning to make out of stucco? No, I used real stone for this one. Are you planning to maybe add a stucco yeah, division? Yeah, we're working. No, we are working on a poly, um, like a concrete panel stone look. Wow. Interesting. Pretty cool. I think it's time for another segment. We're going to be doing the green book talk and that's with me. <laughs> yes. So, um, Manny always leaves it up to me for, um, offenses. Why, sh why should I have to do it, man? <laughs> okay. So we're trying to do something related to your industry under section 29, 4-7. What is the fine for constructor failing to ensure required access to facilities. What is the fine? What do you think, Matt? I think that one's a 250. Mm. Five, 500. Well, not bad. 550. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that was unfortunately green book talk <laughs> with Carly. <though. laughs> and so we are talking to Matt from foam core moldings with an S.com and at foam core moldings on Instagram and also you guys deal with you know Chemcrest is yours? It's a division of it's us. It's a division of you guys, right? So www.chemcrest.com. Yep. And the no, number to get a hold of you, put an order in or if you're just Eastern European and around, walk by is 905-358-3626, okay? <laughs> oh man, thank God. Hey, I only share the truth. You're so lucky I'm Slavic. <laughs> So we got to uh, like uh, all the, the bottom end. We got to figure out the bottom end now. What would you like to see changed in construction? More people that care about their job and their project and what they're working on and not passing on to the next guy's problem or doing what they're supposed to. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's an ongoing problem. And, and almost everyone we speak to says the same thing, which is unfortunate that we need to change this industry to make it a better place. Right? Yeah. I got a question for you, Matt. Are you doing some of the work at your house? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what kind? Of, what kind of tools are you using to do that work? Like brand wise, you mean? Yeah. What color? Yellow and red. Yellow and red. That's interesting. Are you saying hilty? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Really? Hilti? Yeah. Nice. Uh, would have nothing to do with being always, on the show. I've always been uh, the Walt guy, but recently got into hilty. It's good stuff. What? What changed you? Money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it's a better product. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. That was Carlito saying that Hilti is a better product than DeWalt. And many things, yes. And this but show is brought to you by DeWalt. <laughs> <laughs> These are personal opinions shared online. <laughs> so what, what have you bought from Hilti recently? Impact, Hammer Drill. Is it SDS. really worth it? The is impact's it, crazy, man. Is it really? The batteries are pretty good. I just bought another grinder. The grinder. I and grinder. Uh, I bought an attachment to cut the concrete to hook up to my Hilti vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and now, literally, honestly, I'm just scoring the floor and opening slabs up. I can jack home, a jackhammer a spot out and like no dust. And so I love it. Yeah. Manny's a, a, a Bosch guy. Bosch. <laughs> I'm a Bosch You're guy. You're a Bosch. Dude. I always will be a Bosch guy. <laughs> 
obviously I've seen your vehicle, but what do you, what do you see with most of the trades that are running stuck? Oh man, these are all van guys. They're van all and, van guys. Yeah, and a what lot of them are van and car because they're, a lot of the guys do sub work for other companies. Yeah. So what is it like? Chevy vans? No, no. Or is it now Dodge. Sprinters? These and... are Eastern European, man. That means... So they got Mercedes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, a lot of them do. <laughs> and uh, what's the average of your best guys that uh, are buying from you and installing through through you? Uh, what do you find that they're using for tools? Most of those guys are using, I don't know, I'd say it's a mix. A lot of DeWalt. I see McKee, uh, Milwaukee. That's a dual. Yeah, because you only really need mostly. an impact, mostly they have really, in a, a trowel, and yeah. that's about it. Your hand saw. Yeah. <laughs> so a hand, mostly hand Dewalt, saws, right? Dewalt, Dewalt, they use a lot of DeWalt uh, saws to cut the moldings. Well, this is another interesting thing. I'm glad that we just brought that up. I was told that we're not allowed to use wafer screws anymore onto stucco. Is that true? Screws and washers? Yeah. Um, there's still some systems with it that's allowed. And why are they taking that away? Uh, because they used to use it on top of the Tyvek and it's penetrating that and you're not allowed to put stuck over top of Tyvek anymore. When was that implemented? It's been a while now, but still seems to be happening. But it's being enforced now. Of course. Yeah. So now they're doing more inspections with the uh, moisture barrier. Each city's kind of starting to catch on and they're doing the inspections prior to even putting the styrofoam So the, they're expecting the guys to do what? You're doing a full peel and stick membrane instead of the Tyvek? No, it'd be the roll the roll on or trowel applied moisture barrier. Oh, that's why so you're not even it. allowed to put it over top of Tyvek anymore. And then you're still allowed to screw through the foam for the flat surfaces or not anymore? You can as long as you're using the proper uh, moisture barrier, which would be a trowel on. That's not the case with everybody most. No. You're well, getting Tyvek and you're getting guys drill right through. Which, and Which causes the the biggest rotten problems behind failure failures, but yeah. failure like 10 years, 20 years down the line failures. Yeah. It'll be even sooner than that. Even sooner than yeah. that. Wow. Mm, that's scary. So your house, what is your cladding on the outside? Please tell me you didn't do use OSB. <laughs> I did. You did? Why? <laughs> I didn't, I thought you would go uh, gold for sure. No, uh, I've Dent always. Shield? Yeah. Because when, when I was, when I was doing stucco, we always put it on the gold board, so. I've always used I mean, it's come OSB a long way. OSB outside, has yeah. come a long way. As long as you treat it well, right? The dense glass is a little more tougher to keep everything square, and I don't know, I feel like it is anyways. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything affected your uh, business with? COVID? Yeah. Are yeah, you it's, it's a little crazy. Um, there's still a lot of projects on the go, which is good to kind of keep us going. Well, we're finally we find... getting into spring, so it's like. Yeah, everything kind of started, and now everybody's just trying to finish up what they have. And then once this gets lifted in maybe two months, there's going to be nothing new started. So who knows what's going to be coming. You don't need a permit for stucco, right? Not really. It's part Depends. of the building. No, yeah. it's part it, of the building. It, and a new build, they just want to know what you're going to use on the outside. But you can put stucco over top of brick, uh, angel yes. stone block. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can't put stucco over is vinyl siding. That's because yeah. it already has the membrane, already has the built-in envelope. So you're just yeah. putting a new cladding material on top of it. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just wondering yeah. how that's... I guess you're not having people coming in or anything like that. No, you no, no. Orders, like a, you're still filling in orders. Everybody's still coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, we're still... Up. Like, we still have a lot of... Uh, we do a lot of the new home builders in Toronto bound, so they have lots of stuff on the go, right? So we're still shipping every day. Got to keep on working, man. I know that it's hard, but you got to keep on working. That's the problem. But we also got to stop the curve, so... I was talking to a customer uh, last night, and she said to me, uh, she goes, I don't know why they're deciding who should be working and who shouldn't because I need a haircut. 
And I'm like, what? She's like, this is like important. <laughs> She's like, barbers should be cutting hair. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's important because I'm getting a real big bush myself yeah. right now. You know what's going to be funny is that you're going to see Floby come back. That's yeah. what you're going to see. Man. Oh, the vacuum? <laughs> <laughs> and what is one of the things you do for, like, the, the one thing I hate seeing is guys shaving stucco down and it looks like it's snowing in the middle of summer. What What's the quick fix for that? Uh, they have actually vacuum sanders that can fix that. They're fairly pricey, but... There's not really too much they can do. So now you guys are actually vacuuming while you're doing that. Yeah, there's a built-in sander pad that has a vacuum backpack. Wow. And how, like I've seen guys use, I mean, I've seen on sites, guys take like pieces of plywood and put staples or screws through it and they make their own four footers and they're scratching. Yeah, that way works the best to get it nice and flat. But um, this is, a, I guess, a smaller like. 14 inch or 24 yeah this is maybe about 16 inch with like two spinning discs you like sell a, that like a sander we don't have them in stock but we order them nice and what's that going for it's expensive around five thousand, i think but if but you're doing this if every day exactly. it's your job you're yeah. a stucco guy you might as well you're spending 60k on a sprinter van yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i mean the two the for, for me the two downfalls uh on you know keeping a customer happy would be weather and getting the product done and you know, this snow in the middle of summer, <laughs> yeah. but I can also aerate your grass and your soil. <laughs> no, it upset your neighbor too, yeah, man. They're, like, they're oh, that's no, exactly. The pool. Exactly. <laughs> right. Good for the pool. Does Europe use a lot of stucco? Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. If, I'm not sure where, like you asked before, where it actually started. I'm kind of curious now where it did start, but Europe is a big, uh, stucco, stucco, stucco yeah. application. Yeah. I know Vegas is. Vegas yeah. is all stucco. Yeah. Everything is stucco. Exactly. In Vegas. Well, you're getting you're getting a, a lot of bang for your buck. Like you're getting thermal break. So, you know, you're creating your house to not have the outside conditions and control the inside conditions, whatever that may be. I mean, it works in summer and winter. I mean, it's pretty crazy yeah especially with the new building codes with the new r values and continuous insulation and stuff it definitely helps with that have they asked for stucco to be put onto buildings to change that on older homes like where you do can't build a, a thicker wall now yeah for sure like you can go up to six inches of styrofoam on the outside wow and then put your stucco on top of that yeah oh wow so that's replacing instead of if you have a two by four wall you don't want to change that if you yeah, don't want to strap it out and on the inside or strap it and wow that's really interesting and what else anything like else like that so you could do a six inch wall yep that's pretty crazy and that's an r value of what uh, it's r4 per inch 24 wow. <laughs> that's crazy so you don't even need insulation in. you can just do soundproofing on the inside yeah but we we learned that the insulation is better on the outside we did for yeah. the building science guy yeah. But it also depends on the building system you're using. True. For very, the, very true. For the zoning and the style of home you're building. Very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're doing something now. I don't know exactly how it all works, but there is a, a new system where they have where you don't put insulation inside and it's full. You can do a six inch exterior stock to achieve your uh, R value. You know, once again, thank you for introducing me to foam. I mean, you changed my whole life. I brag about it all the time. I talk about it. I think he's getting sick of it. He's like, no. oh, foam. Please <laughs> no, no. stop. I want I to like have foam. real wood. I like foam. He, do you? I do like That's foam. That's good to hear. I never said that I didn't like because foam. Because a lot of guys, when they, whenever I talk about crown moldings, I always push for that. 
like I always say, use, and they're like, no, I'm going to use real maple or I'm going to use real oak. And I'm like, I'm that's like, entertaining. It's, eh? it's going to crack Eastern here. European doing an Eastern European <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to ruin it. <laughs> um, one last thing I really want to ask you, any ideas of any, maybe a CNCing wainscoting for condo concrete walls? I always wanted to know huh? if you do a wainscoting board with trims that yeah, we you do, could. We have uh, a few different uh, wall panels too. So you do two by two wall panels. We can do in the polyurethane. It'd work a lot better for um, down lower, which is a lot harder for impact. So we have chair rails, uh, panels like square box panels, um, baseboards like these groove panels, the wow. hex hex panels for ceilings or walls. Very interesting. So after this podcast, you know, for five minutes, I want another tour. <laughs> I want to see that stuff because I was always wondering, like we talked about it before and people said, oh, it's, I always get that conversation. It's always going to break or it's going to chip or it's going to be a dent. But the same thing's going to happen with MDF. That's or, what's good with the polyurethane. It's a high density. So, so it might it's bounce off. 20, it's a 20 pound density. So, so normal styrofoam is one pound. Like a white EPS is a one pound. Wow. Styrofoam. So your foam isn't a one pound. It's a 20. Our, the polyurethane products. Okay. What's, that, what's that equivalent to? Is that What would MDF be? Do you know offhand? I don't know what that exact density is, but I would say it's actually even harder than an MDF. Wow. So an MDF would be medium density. Yeah. Well, unless you have a really good contractor and he spends the money HDF. and goes high density. But or what I want to know is the numbers. Density. I want to know the number of medium versus the number of high. I'm curious about that. As an inst install? No, or? the actual number of the density, which is like you were saying, the polyurethane is at a 20. Yeah. Well, I, what I do know is that when I spray building units, when I look at medium density, I have to charge $1,000 more for prepping. Why? Uh, the edges, uh, the furring. Um, Even when I sand it and, you know, I'm trying to feather it out. It's, it's furring up so much when that skin goes, when I use high density, I, I'm pretty much like it, the paint's going on and I don't have to fill it. I don't have to worry about the sanding. It's a great product. There's, there's no failure. I can leave it in a washroom if I want, you know what I mean? Matt, all this, yeah. the polyurethane, all the interior stuff that could just be painted the same way that you would treat wood. Yeah, exactly. It comes uh prime pre-primed and you're hearing it with like, some sort of adhesive a on PL, the, like a PL, PL on the back. Yeah. PL doesn't melt it. No, not the polyurethane. But the normal foam it would, so you'd need like a PL 300 or something, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. I, I think the only thing we could just say is come down, visit what your warehouse, take a look at... Go online. The thousand different trims on the wall. Like well, you don't, don't have come to come down now. You don't want a bunch yeah. of people walking yeah. around <laughs> and, now. You know, but... You can get anything you want for interior or exterior stucco. The customize. Yeah. And you just need to look on the wall and what's not on the wall, just ask one of your staff and they'll show you, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm this has been amazing. This has been great. Matt, thank you very much for the tour, for the education. Uh, you got no other questions? Nothing. Oh, Nothing. I do. What's the area code here? What do you 905. mean? That's 905 still. Really? Yes. Yeah. You got to prep. Nobody does his homework. Nobody goes to the meetings. I'm always there by myself, man. So, Matt, thank well, you very much again. So, no, 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 no. No. Yeah, no, no, you can do it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, please, after you. Carlito. <laughs> okay, so one more last time. So, it's basically www.foamcoremoldingswithans.com and also www.chemcrest.com. And then Instagram handle is at foamcoremoldings. Go online, check it out. Send Matt a question. You handling this, the social media yourself? Yeah. 
Perfect. So then you're going to actually speak to Matt. So he'll have all the answers. The phone number again, guys, is 905-358-3626. Thank you very much, Matt. We really appreciate you taking the time to visit us and or we visit you. Sorry. Why? In the 905. In the 905. We came to you, which actually is technically the furthest we've ever driven. And we might just keep an ear out, guys. We might do a road trip one day and maybe come to you in oh, all you're, different places. You're letting it out of the what? No, the maybe, out of the maybe. Bag. Nobody listens to right to the very <laughs> end anyway. Nine oh five, baby. Phone core. <laughs> 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 out of here. <laughs>